Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. Well, the SMU basketball game last night against Temple was extra interesting. Interesting. SMU won 72-71, but in-house was George Klyovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner. He was wearing a baseball cap, NBA Finals baseball cap. Don't know why. Uh, Maybe because he didn't want to be recognized, but he was. There on the scene, Joseph Hoyt of the Dallas Morning News, formerly of Coin TV right here in Portland, friend of this show, Joe Hoyt, joining us now. Hey, Joseph, thanks for making time. Of course, John. Thanks for having me. How weird was that last night? Like, give me the, uh, set the scene for us, normal game, SMU game, your world, Dallas Morning News. You probably got an editor calling you saying, hey, Joe, we need, uh, we need a story on this. Yeah, weird is the uh, the perfect word. Maybe unique, even too. Um, you know, I've I've covered things of rumors before and interest, and you know, you kind of scope it out. Um, but I ended up walking around the entire stadium last night, probably filling my steps quota. You know, well into the first <laughs> half um, because we're just trying to find. Hey, I know this guy's here, but where is he? Um, it was super, super unique. I had fans coming up to me like, hey. Do you see George Klyovkov? He's down there in the front row, and I'd be I'd have to be like, "Hey, I'm sorry, that's not him." Um, <laughs> one fan said, "I hope he's here." Um, and eventually, though, you know, we kind of look up in the suite and we're like, "Hey, that looks like two other Pac-12 officials, and that guy in the hat might be George Klyovkov." And ultimately, it ended up being him. So, uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty weird for sure. I got some stakeout practice though. Um, I don't know if I'll ever use it again, but I got it. Yeah, no boring days in this business, Joe. But uh, you did a really nice job, sort of telling the story. Uh, you know, explaining to your readers and readers in general what was going on and how surreal it was. Uh, give us an idea of what he saw. How different was the atmosphere? What did fans do? Was it packed? Was it a good show? Yeah, and I think that's a great question because ultimately that was an 8-16 and 16 basketball team coming into the game that hasn't drawn a lot in Rob Lanier's first season. So if this was a normal day, crowd would not be, you know, very big on a on a Wednesday night game against Temple. But, you know, in the week leading up to the game, you know, SMU said, hey, students, you're going to get free Dallas T-shirts. we got a limited amount, but you'll get free Dallas T-shirts. Show your ID. You'll also get a hot dog. And everyone's like, okay, you know, that's that's a promo to get people out there. The crowds haven't drawn that much. And then it's like, hey, the football team's going to be there, first four row reserved. And it's like, okay. So ultimately SMU, you know, they people I've talked to think that they don't know where this league came from. Um, you know, this wasn't ideal to – kind of have this weird shadowy but secret but not secret kind of visit. Um, but ultimately, they prepped to try and put a crowd together for George Klyovkov's vision. And, you know, it was a pretty good crowd. The energy was the best it's been all season. Ultimately, the SMU basketball team fed off it. You know, they went on a, you know, 21-5 to run to start the game and then ultimately one by one. So, um, you know, I mean, if George Klyovkov, you know, wearing an NBA Finals hat just liked basketball, he got a good show for that. And I think he got a good idea of what a, you know, pretty – decent crowd at SMU could actually look like for a basketball game. We're talking to Joseph Hoyt, Dallas Morning News. Uh, I linked to his piece 
at johnconzano.com. I'll also tweet it out here momentarily. But, you know, how big would that be for SMU? How important is this? It was almost like, you know, when I was a kid, we my parents would say, hey, your grandma and grandpa are coming over, clean your room, and we'd run around and clean up. It kind of felt like that with SMU last night. Yeah, it's, I mean, this would be huge. This is something SMU fans have been, you know, craving forever. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of history if you go back to the Southwest Conference days. And since then, it's just been how do we get back? You know, they went through a lot of dark days. They've tried for a long time. You know, they believe for a long time they're a Power 5 team. But ultimately, in 2016, they pitched to the Big 12 openly. Hey, we're interested. Big 12 decided not to expand. 2021 comes around. Big 12 is open for business. They choose Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and Central Florida over them, which SMU fans said, oh, man, it might not ever happen. This this is starting to feel, you know, 27 dresses style. I don't know if we're ever going to get married, um, you know, to a Power 5 conference. And, you know, this seems like a lifeline. This seems tangible. Fans last night, you know, really felt like, oh, this is our moment. So the ones that did come out wanted to put on a show. They wanted to be loud. They wanted to do whatever they could to say, hey, if there's a little part I can play, and ensuring that SMU finally gets to a Power 5 conference, let's do it. Um, you know, I, I tweeted a photo, mentioned Jack Joyce, a senior from SMU, you know, from Nashville, who's not from Dallas, not a legacy, but there's so much history of Southwest Conference days around here that he kind of just is kind of, he wants a piece of it. He wants to feel what it's like to be a Power 5 team. So that's why he changes his baseball jersey, his club baseball jersey, they pack 12 on it. Um, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of excitement for what could be, even though there's still a lot to be done, it seems like. Joe Hoyt, Dallas Morning News, is our guest. Uh, look, uh, the Pac-12 is, you know, either going to add SMU or not. If if SMU does not go to the Pac-12, what does their future look like? It's a good question because I think as college football playoff expands, there actually is an argument that SMU might not. I mean, might be best served in terms of, you know, football competitiveness to just stay in the American Athletic Conference use NIL, dominate the transfer portal like they did. They had a top-five transfer portal recruiting class, added 17 players to it, um, and just you know win the group of five level. And if that happens with, when the college football playoff expands, you're going to go to the college football playoff. Um, you know, it's, it, that is something that's very attractive to them. But clearly when it's, it's also an arms race in terms of money, and the money is not comparable between group of five and power five, especially as meteorite deals continue. I mean, that's something that's very enticing, obviously. Um, so if, if that doesn't happen, if the Pac-12 doesn't happen, SMU, you know, could stay group of five. Um, I'm, but they, I, you know, when July happened, they talked to the Pac-12, they talked to the Big 12, and they also talked to the ACC once USC and UCLA left. Um, so I think they, they've had a lot of confidence since then, which feels a little bit weird knowing, you know, what's happened in their history about conference expansion, but they continue to have confidence and, I think if the Pac-12 doesn't work out, they still have some options, even though that seems like the best option right now. The, it's interesting, um, you know, we don't really have a sense. Like, I've been to SMU's campus. I've seen basketball there. I've seen football there years and years ago. But I don't think we have a sense, Joe, of the money around SMU. I've heard stories of the boosters and the $100 million investment in the arena. Can you give us, you know, because you know – the state of Oregon. You've worked here at Coin TV and, and other entities, and you understand, you know, you, you have some perspective. Give us an idea of SMU versus maybe, you know, it, through your eyes and what you saw in the state of Oregon and the Pac-12 before you left here. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I mean, I went to the University of Oregon. I think that, you know, obviously Oregon's, you know, light years ahead of a lot of programs when it comes to 
um, facilities, athletic, you know, donations, booster donations, you know, helps having Phil Knight. But I think SMU, in terms of just money, there's a lot of it here. I, you know, like I, like you mentioned, they're just pouring in a hundred million dollars into a stadium expansion now, to a stadium that really needs it. Um, but they they were able to get that money very quick for a hundred million dollars. They, you know, it's, it's a Kickstarter. Then boom, next thing you know, it's happening. Um, you know, there's a lot of just they, they have a two billion dollar endowment fund here. So there's tangible evidence that SMU can spend with the best of them. Um, and I think a lot of people believe that maybe if they got into a power five, you know, that would even accelerate even more. Um, you know, there's an argument, argument to be made that they should have started earlier. TCU, for example, another wealthy DFW school started pretty early. Next thing you know, they go to the big 12 and now they're in the national championship game. So, um, there's a lot of money here to be had and a lot of money, um, that is very comparable to what the PAC 12, offers at other schools. Joe, um, you know, it's it's exciting, I think, for people in Dallas, it, and I think people in the Pac-12 footprint just want this media rights thing done. Where is the level of exhaustion with SMU kind of talking about this? I'm sure people are eager to have it get done. And, in fact, I had one coach at SMU reach out to me uh, today and, and said, give me a timeline because we'd love to be recruiting to this. It has to wear and be on the minds of the SMU community at this point. I, I think so. Um, you know, and I think that a lot of people, to be honest with you, John, are expecting it um, to happen. Um, I, I think Pac. I mean, I think SMU football coaches are already recruiting. Hey, we're going to the Pac-12 eventually. You know, or we're going to go to the Big 12. They're recruiting that we will be a Power Five conference. You come here, let's do it. You know, they just recently got um, a commitment from a four-star. Uh, wide receiver um, here in Dallas named Wild Man Colley, who's fantastic and has a great name. Um, but, you know, that's a guy that had plenty of Power 5 offers who they just recently got to commit. And it's the second highest rated commitment they've ever had since 24-7 started ranking. You, you, you wonder, it's like, well, how much of that was a Power 5 pitch in order to stay in Dallas and play Power 5 but stay in Dallas? Um, you know, so I think people are ready for it, and I think people want it to happen soon. From what I've been told, I don't think this is eminent. Um, you know, I think that yesterday's visit was more procedural than, than you know, a coronation, as some people like to call it. Um, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, but I think SMU fans expect and are kind of hoping and you know, maybe desperate. There, there's a lot of words that can go with their feelings right now. Where would SMU be most competitive in your mind? Because we always talk about football or men's basketball, but where does SMU kill it as an athletic department? You know, I'm not sure the Pac-12 is equestrian team, um, but SMU does have the number one equestrian <laughs> team right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, but I think, um, you know, we've seen before that the basketball team can be competitive back with Larry Brown. Obviously, some recruiting violations happened there. But I think one thing where SMU will be competitive is recruiting. And, I mean, and if they can be get the Power 5 label to their football program, they believe that they can keep some of these – you know, five-star recruits home. Um, you know, DFW is home to some of the best players in the country, basketball and football. And, and there's confidence that they could land some of these players if they had the Power Five label. It's kind of the monkey that they need to get off their back. Um, and, I mean, whether that actually would happen or not, once, you know, SMU were to get to a Power Five level, we'll see. Um, you know, I'm sure Oregon would like to <laughs> get every L.A. recruit um, possible, and I'm sure USC would like to get every L.A. recruit possible. Um but, you know, it's, it's, they believe they could be competitive in recruiting because they have that in their backyard. It's about a four-hour, four-hour-fifteen flight from DFW to Seattle. 
It's about two hours and eight minutes to Phoenix. Um, is, are there any concerns about the travel wear and tear? Would SMU want a travel partner like Rice or somebody like that that could reduce some of the travel, or has that even been bantered about? I don't think it, it hasn't been bantered about, but I don't think that that's much of a thought in the minds of SMU officials because, you know, you go back a decade ago, they were very excited to join the Big East, um, you know, and that's obviously dissolved and eventually became the American Athletic Conference. Um, but they still go to Temple. Um, you know, they still go uh, to the Florida schools. Um, they go up to Annapolis to play Navy. Um, I don't, so I don't think that travel to the West Coast um, would be that much of an issue or a conversation here. We're talking to Joe Hoyt, Dallas Morning News. Now, listen, Joe, my wife worked with you at COIN. She said, uh, ask him, because she knows you like Taco Bell back in your day. Uh, she said to ask him, now that he's in Texas, is he giving up Taco Bell for real Mexican food? The answer to that is no. Um, you know, once something, <laughs> once something etches in your heart, you know, even though it's probably, you know, clogging my arteries as we speak, but... Uh, it, it's there. It's in your heart forever, and you know, true love lasts a lifetime. So me and Taco Bell, we're, we're we're in it until the doctor says no. I love that. Hey, hey you could do worse than Taco Bell, you know, for your health. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> hey, let's stay in touch on this. Uh, you know, I'm really interested to see what's going on, and uh, you know, can, great job reporting last night. Uh, that must have been a lot of fun for you because, you know, you've covered a lot of different things in your time. You know, just to be sent to an arena and go, hey. Right about George's visit, and oh, by the way, where's Waldo in the building? Like uh, that—that's got to be a pretty interesting assignment. Oh, it was very interesting. I had to make a couple calls to the editor and just be like, "Hey, can we do this?" <laughs> and uh, ultimately, it worked out well. But but no, John, thanks. We'll stay in touch for sure. Thanks for having me on. It, it meant a lot. All right, Joseph Hoyt, Dallas Morning News. Read him there. Follow him on Twitter. Former Coin TV reporter and writer, and uh, now uh, killing it at the Dallas Morning News. He did a great job covering this story last night. Uh, coming up, I'll tell you uh, about the big splash. What's the one thing you need to know? Plus, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, you know, the impending marriage of Washington and Washington State. Why did legislators in the state of Washington kill that bill that would have tied them together? Oh, this show, we never know where it's going to go, but stick around. Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano. Peter Sampson is up next with The Pulse from 6 to 7 on 750 The Game. He's not making fun of Joe Hoyt's affection for Taco Bell. There are worse things that you can like. For example, uh... You know, uh, when I was in Salt Lake City, there's a place called Tony Burgers. And I got to admit to you, every time I drive by Tony Burgers, my car, my rental car or Uber driver or whoever, the rental car just pulls right into that parking lot. I don't understand why, but it does it. Taco Bell, I actually think Taco Bell, you guys think Taco Bell is healthier for you than like McDonald's or other fast food places? Ooh, I don't know about that. At least a burger gives you, a, like a good-sized burger, like a quarter pounder gives you, you know, some red meat, some protein. I don't I don't trust that Taco Bell, man. I don't trust any of them. Like, I think yeah. they're all they're all probably <laughs> bad for you. They're all bad for you? But if you had to, let's say you had to go for a year. Like, Morgan Spurlock did that thing, Super Size Me. It didn't work well for him at McDonald's. 
I think we should have Joe Hoyt be the Taco Bell guy. He, you know, he, Anna was, she worked with him for a couple years, and she said the guy loves Taco Bell. He loves it. And, and br- believe me, in this business, like, I've seen people eat bad because you're traveling, you're on deadline, there's no real lunch hour. It's not like Jackhammer guy that gets to put the Jackhammer down and gets to sit and eat. Sometimes you're just eating on the fly. You're eating on the run. Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, I remember my, one of my first newspaper jobs. They said, uh, you know, make sure you get something to eat. And uh, we were on uh, deadline, and I left, and I was in working at the Santa Cruz Sentinel, and I wandered down Pacific Avenue in Santa Cruz and found this groovy place that was serving uh, kind of these vegan burritos. Not really my thing, but, you know, had a, a spinach flower wrap around it. It was green. And I sat in there, and I ate the burrito, and I came back to the office, and they said, where'd you go? And I said, you told me to get something to eat. And they said, yeah, we mean at your desk, <laughs> like when you're working. Don't stop writing. Don't stop editing. Don't stop. You know, we had to stop the presses. So, uh, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think you could do worse than Taco Bell. I think there are some things, and it depends what you order, right? Like, I think, uh, you know, I have to look at the Taco Bell menu, but uh, I'd like to do a study on this now. Conduct a study and say which is the food that you need to eat do, like most. Do they still have that uh, that seven layer burrito there? I think that's the most balanced. You get some guac, you get a little rice in there. That that's that's a pretty balanced, uh, terrible for you meal. Yeah, there used to be a they used to make a taco that was the hard show taco, and then they would put uh, a tortilla and put some uh, refried beans on it and put the tortilla around the taco. Now I don't necessarily the double think decker, that, yeah, the, the double decker. decker. I like the double decker, but I don't necessarily think that's good for me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if that was the right thing to order or not. But I digress. Let's go to the big splash. It's the one thing that you need to know today. This is the one thing you absolutely need to know today. Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. Must be the big splash. Well. Of trades, it was kind of wild from Kevin Durant to Phoenix, Kyrie Irving uh, in the run up to the deadline to Dallas. Winners and losers. I mean, I think Kevin Durant makes the Suns a juggernaut right away. LeBron James and the Lakers got some help. I would include uh, the Brooklyn Nets among the losers. The Kyrie and KD era is over there. I think LeBron won. I think Denver lost, uh, you know, when the trade with Phoenix went down. Denver was starting to surge in the Western Conference. They had a a four-and-a-half game lead over the Grizzlies and Jamal Murray uh, playing well, but now you got to contend with the super team that has formed in Phoenix. Sorry. Uh, Also, I think the 76ers probably won. Looks to me like uh, the Rockets maybe got better. The Bulls did not. The Warriors, did the Warriors get better? They got the James Wiseman situation, uh, you know, uh, basically uh, turned around, but they get GP2. A familiar face back, so maybe uh, they have a defensive uh, improvement there, which is good for them. Uh, get a spark plug, but Blazers uh, feel like a loser to me because they just mostly went sideways. I get it, I get it. I'm just frustrated, like Blazer fans are, watching the same old, same old. But that's what you need to know. Uh, the trade that the Blazers needed to make, I wrote about it today. Uh, it's Phil Knight for Jody Allen. Do that one straight up. Who says no to that? Nobody. Uh, leave it here. We're going to play Punch It Audio coming up, and I'm going to tell you about this legislative decision in the state of Washington that's interesting. There's some backstory to why the legislators in the state of Washington decided to let the bill 
that would have married Washington and Washington State together, they let it sort of fizzle and fade away. They're not going to push it, not going to make a law that requires Washington and Washington State to stay together. I'll give you the backstory on that coming up. Anna will pop into the studio, and then in the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to the Super Bowl. Do you want to go to the Super Bowl? Well, Haley Lewis, Haley Lewis is there, sports anchor at the NBC affiliate in Kansas City, will be joining us to talk about the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Super Bowl. All of that, plus a very rare jersey coming up. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.